All right, gals and pals, game on. It's time for the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where we help gals and their pals come together over sports. Don't hate the game, love the game, or at least find out why he loves it so much. Now your host, the Sports Gal Pal herself, Ramona Rice. Well, hey there, Galpaw Nation. Welcome to another episode of the Sports Galpaw Podcast, where I talk about why fans scream at the TV during games. And throughout October, Cubs fans around the world were screaming. Screaming because they thought it almost wasn't going to happen. I mean, it came down to the wire. Like, down to the wire. Like, could they make it any more dramatic? But they managed to pull it out. And I know, in a, in a year where absolute craziness and absurdity have happened... How could you not expect the Cubs to win a World Series? And I got to tell you, Galpaw Nation, I was super excited this summer. I got to go to Wrigley and I got to um, sit in the bleachers and eat a Chicago hot dog and saw the Addison um, street signs and hung out in Wrigleyville and all that stuff. And I got to tell you, Cubs fans are the real deal. And it is my deepest, deepest pleasure to bring back one of my very, very first guests. Number one, because I know the audio will sound so much better. Number two, I'm a better podcaster, hopefully. And he's one of like the best people in podcasting and his beloved Cubs and he's allowed to say his beloved Cubs because him and the guys from Ivy Envy they are all over the Cubs win lose bad sad or absolute elation like they felt the last oh month or so um, but it is Corey Finneran from Ivy Envy Corey how are you I'm great and man listening to you uh talk about you know your little intro thing there you gave me goosebumps like you brought <laughs> you brought back all of the emotion that I felt in October so thank you for bringing that back to me well you forgot already well there's been some things that have happened since then that have kind of derailed me but you know no there should be nothing that derails okay <laughs> Chicago Cubs fans like like don't be like Patriots fans okay don't be like you forget or Red Sox fans don't forget what this feels like okay or, or no, keep no. the identity of loser like that's what they've done like Boston Red Sox fans they have kept the identity of oh woe is me I'm like you've won more World Series than the Yankees have you don't get to whine about them anymore you know right so here's 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 where I stand um we have won a World Series uh, more recently than the St. Louis Cardinals, which is a big deal around here. That is a and, huge deal. And, uh, you know, they it's been, what, five years since they won one? I can't believe it. I mean, geez, how can you, you know, how can you put up with that? But, um, yeah, it. sorry, I have to get my jabs <laughs> in on Cardinals fans. It's 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 a deal here. Yeah, um, absolutely. But, no, and, and you know what a lot of it is, too, is that so many people, to go along with what you said, you know, so many people have been like, Okay, we get it. You're excited. Fine. Get you know, it's it's time to get get past it and move on. It's like no, no, sorry. We wait. We waited as a fan base. We waited 108 years for this, and for every you know, I I had to keep putting up with uh, mention of the goat and Bartman and the curse and just losing lovable losers. I had to put up with that for so long, and I'm going to enjoy this, and I, I'm i not going to let anyone tell me that it's time to, you know, we've celebrated enough or anything like that. Like, this is a celebration that is going to go on for a long time, and I've already seen, like, the, I don't know, some... You know, somebody that writes for ESPN.com uh, wrote like an open letter to Cubs fans about how it's been two weeks and, you know, it's time time to get over it. It's like, no, sorry. We, we, we had to we were subjected to ridicule from, uh, you know, fan bases around here, opposing fan bases, general baseball fans, the media, everybody. And we're just going to enjoy it and you're going to have to sit through it and just just take it. Take your lumps. Yeah. I mean, you had to sit through the White Sox winning one before you. 
Yeah. Yes, we did. <laughs> and they're cheaters. <laughs> but you know, that doesn't bother me as much as sitting through the success that the Cardinals sat through. And they're also cheaters. So, you know, they, they, uh, that that's that's the tough thing to swallow you know being a personally i don't have a lot of hatred for the white Sox. um my dad is a white Sox fan and um i just i we we rarely play them and so i just don't really see that as much of a rivalry right but we play the cardinals 18 or 19 times a year and i i live um you know, a couple hours south of Chicago, right? It, almost right in between St. Louis and Chicago. So, I mean, the 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 Cubs Cardinals rivalry is a a very big thing around here, and um, finally, it's nice to be on the right side of the rivalry. Now, I get it. As a you know, I've talked about this with you privately, but I'm a UVA fan. And, um, you know, we're great at a lot of sports, but uh, football, we're not And our rival in state Virginia Tech has beaten us like 13 years in a row. And it stings. It stinks, and and it does. It hurts your soul, like because you know that we you can be great, and and especially when you're like mere like moments away. And I gotta tell you, um, you know, to be honest, and I've talked to you about this, I didn't watch any World Series this year. It was just too hard. I was like, you know, again, because I'm so grieving James and all that stuff, and I was just like, I just couldn't do it. But I kept watching like your Twitter and your Facebook, and that's how I knew what was going on. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what mood is Corey in today? And um. Like, how stressful was this whole experience for you? Oh, it was, you know what? It was the most stressful thing, but it had to happen this way. You know, and, and like, I mean, first off, we're just, as Cubs fans, we're not conditioned for this. We were not ready for, like, last year the Cubs went to, they got as far as the NLCS, but they got swept. So, really, like, they were in the wild card game. That was exciting. And they beat the Cardinals in the NLDS. And that was exciting, but there was really nothing to cheer for after that point. They pretty much, you know, were handled uh, by the Mets pretty easily. And so, like, I just, I am not, I was not ready for the grind of an entire month of nerve-wracking baseball. And, and, and uh, especially, you know, in the World Series with it going to Game 7, and even the way that Game 7 went down, I was just, like, the next day, I was just... I was exhausted, Um, you know, on top of, I think all fans were, but then also we were doing like post game shows and we were doing a lot of extra content for IBM. We did, I think we did 16 episodes in the month of October. And uh, that's, that is tiring, especially when, you know, games are going until what, (laughs) almost midnight. Right. And then, and then you do a post game show and then you edit it and post it, you know, you get to bed about two 30 in the morning and it's just like, get up and do it again the next day. So, but I mean, it was it was so worth it because that is you don't end 108 years of misery by getting to the World Series and then just sweeping a team. That's not how it's supposed to happen. And apparently it's not even supposed to happen where you get to game seven and win it handily like it looked like they were going to early in the game. Like it has to fall apart and and the team has to arise from the ashes, you know, and that's, that's exactly what happened. And it was like, it was perfect. And here's the funny thing is I have not gone back to watch game seven yet because there were so many things that frustrated me in that game. And there were so many managing decisions that were made. Like, it's so weird. I think Joe Madden is, in my opinion, he's the best manager in baseball. And I just thought it was so funny that here he is in his second year with the Cubs. And the very first game that I, uh, you know, took issue with some of his decisions 
was game seven of the World Series. <laughs> like, yeah. like why why was that the game where it was like, why did he do that? Well, that didn't seem to work out. Why he definitely made a wrong decision there. But what it boiled down to was, you know, the shortest rain delay that I have ever seen. What, 16-minute rain delay? Right. Uh, I don't even know how they get the tarp on and off the field that quickly. But uh, a very short rain delay, and that gave the team the opportunity to kind of like recuperate, recover, uh, rally themselves, and just go out and take care of it in the 10th inning. And it, it's perfect. Like that is a storybook inning. How, how about like a left fielder that gets injured in the third game of the season is supposed to be out for a year or more and then miraculously is ready for the World Series, Kyle Schwarber—he's put on the play, you know, on the yeah. World Series playoff uh, roster. Then he he gets on base fifty percent of his at bats in the playoff or in the World Series. I mean, you just can't write this stuff, you know. And it's like, like it's it's almost like if if someone wrote this script, Hollywood would send it back because it's not realistic. Exactly. Yeah, no. And, and and so many other things, everything had to kind of conspire exactly the way it did. Because when I was watching, I, I was there, what, July 5th is when I saw you guys play the Reds and you guys lost. And yeah. I was like, okay, I mean, you looked good, but I was like, eh. That was know. a bad stretch of Cubs baseball. I mean, that was, was the worst stretch of the season was right before, uh, right before the All-Star break. Yeah, but really, honestly, everything before the All-Star break really doesn't matter. I mean, let's be honest. I don't know. They got off to like what a like a, a twenty six and four start or some twenty four and six start or something. So I mean, I don't know. I I think that was important. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, you know, because you got the All Star break and then all of a sudden it starts getting real because like you know right. playoff races and and points the points start to matter. Uh, right. It's such a long. <laughs> yeah. It's such a long season. It I is mean, a long season. I, I honestly, I honestly, you know, it's funny because as a Cubs fan, I'm usually not paying attention by the middle of August. You know, they're right. out of it, and you know, I mean, we're paying attention enough to do the podcast, but we're focusing on the minor leagues and some of the other stories. And so this is the first time that I've really experienced a full. Major League Baseball season. And at the end of it, I was like, you know what? 162 games is too much. Let's go down to 154, back to what it was in the old days, because uh, I don't think baseball should, ne- should necessarily be played in, in November uh, in, in the Northern Hemisphere. <laughs> No, I don't think so either. And I think that, um, you know, it was amazing to me. And I felt kind of bad because like even my mom, who doesn't follow any sports at all, was all about this series because everybody was all about the series. The Today Show was talking about it daily. And I'm like, they didn't even cover baseball on NBC. So that's how big this was. And I felt I kind of feel bad for Cleveland, but I don't feel bad for Cleveland. It's funny. I was with Dave Jackson, who is, you know, proud from Cleveland. Sure. And um, and I know, you know, this, for my audience, he is really big in podcasting world. If you want to learn a podcast, listen to Dave Jackson is basically yeah. my advice to you. And so we were at a conference in, in D.C. and he was talking about it. And he was kind of like whining. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't get to whine, Cleveland, because you already <laughs> got a championship this year. You got basketball. You're welcome. Right. You don't get to whine. Um, so, Cleveland, you don't get to whine. I don't feel that bad for you. I, I really don't. Um, you know, and, and the Cubs fans, I mean, it just feels like if you guys didn't get it this year, it would never happen. It just would have never happened. Yeah, I, I just think it was great that, like, it was these two franchises in the World Series. Like, one of those droughts was going to end. And it's funny because uh, one of my friends, he, he's also a Cubs podcaster, and he, he went to Cleveland for Game 7. And he said a lot of Cleveland fans, fans were coming up to him and saying, you know what, if it's not us, I'm really glad it's you. And he was like, oh, that is loser talk. I know that. That is loser we, talk. We, <laughs> he's like, we've got this thing. Yeah. Like, their fans have given up. So, um 
but yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, and, and honestly, I think over the course of like a, a five or seven game series, um, you tend to, by the end of the series, you tend to hate the other team. Like either Joe Buck has driven you nuts with, you know, just fawning over uh, Clayton Kershaw or, mm-hmm. or Madison Bumgarner. You know, like there's reasons at the end you're just like, oh, I hate that team. And I, I never felt that way. Like with the Indians, by the end of that series, I really enjoyed watching those games. Like as a baseball fan, if I could take my, my fandom out of it, uh, you know, my Cubs fandom out of it. I really enjoyed watching that Cleveland team. I, I, I thought, you know, they were managed very well. I, I enjoyed watching their pitchers. I thought, you know, that the, the you know, like Kipnis had a great series. And um, at the end of that series, I definitely did not have the hatred for, for the Indians that I had for other teams when, when the Cubs played them. That's weird. I don't understand that at all now because like even like Virginia, like when it comes to like basketball and all, like obviously I hate Syracuse, but I hate them anyway because they're in the ACC. Um, but like Michigan State, like the last couple of years, they they were the ones that bumped us out. Now Syracuse, and I'm just like, no, I hate both their coaches and their their things. It's un unra- it's irrational, and I don't care. You know, it's yeah, just, it's just no, no. Maybe you don't hate them. If you would hate them, if they had cost you a World Series, though. Uh, yeah, me. No, come I would on, have Corey. resented them. I would have resented. I, it's weird. Like I said, like there are so many players like on, you know, as the Cubs went through the playoffs this year on the Dodgers. I hate the Dodgers. I absolutely hate it. I think Dodger Stadium is the worst place on earth. I just I hate it. I've had I've had, you know, me. Ramona. Yeah. I'm a pretty laid back guy. You're I'm not, very I'm not laid an back. Face. No. And like I've had very, very uh, bad uh, situations at Dodger Stadium where like I, I felt like. Uh, I was in big trouble. <laughs> and so <laughs> that's and, so unlike and, you. You're the most chill guy on the planet. I know. I know. I've, I, I, I won't get into the stories, but it's been very scary there for me. And, and that's with me not even like really cheering for my team, but just sitting and watching. Um, so I hate the Dodgers. Um, I, I, I don't like the, the Giants fans uh, necessarily. I mean, I shouldn't say that. I just don't, I didn't like the, I don't like that. Like even like it's, it's, you know, the even year they were believing like that stuff kind of got old. And so then that irritates you. But like, I just, I really couldn't find anything to hate about the Indians. Um, So yeah. And it's weird. Like I mentioned it because as sports fans, we're kind of like, we're pitted against each other, you know, like that's your, that's your role is to dislike the other team. So it was kind of weird to go through a seven game series that meant that much and not really have a lot of animosity towards Indians or Indians fans. Do you think instead the curse was the bad guy? Like that was really the enemy. Like you guys are going to finally foil the curse. Like you think that maybe replaced it? uh, Okay. Indirectly, because I don't believe in curses. I believe in, uh, I believe in bad teams. I believe in a poorly run organization for decades. I believe in that stuff. I don't necessarily believe in it. I don't believe that the Cubs were cursed. I think they finally have the people there to win. And they did not have that before. Um, and I think that like the drought or curse, whatever you want to call it, like I think that got into, you know, look at 2003. That got into the players' heads. And it got into the fans' heads that were in the ballpark in game six of the NLCS. Um, and so I think like just the fact that the curse exists for some people, I think that that gets into people's heads. I think that that has an impact on things. Um, so like me personally, like I, you know, do I believe that a guy that owned a goat put a curse on the Cubs? Like that doesn't make sense to me. And so (laughs) I've just never really believed in it. And, um, but I think that 
the Cubs were fighting against that. You're, they were fighting against that this whole season, the whole playoffs, even this whole rebuild as the Cubs were putting this together. You know, it's like, oh, well, oh, they're building it from within. Well, that's never worked for them before, so it's not going to work now. Well, no, that's not true. You know, it wasn't done the right way before. So I think that's what we were fighting against. Um you know, and especially in the playoffs, I think that people were just waiting, you know, and I think a lot of Cubs fans were waiting for that that other shoe to drop. Like, oh, well, it's going to turn south. You know it is. And that's what made it so fun was this team did not buy, did not believe in any curse. They didn't believe in any of that. You know, and I, I think you look at, you know, to go along with that, I think that the fact that they did not have home field advantage, even though they had the best record, they didn't have home field advantage for the World Series because it's determined, you know, by the winner of the All-Star game. I think that was great for the Cubs because the only people that could afford tickets uh, to World Series games at Wrigley Field pretty much were like old rich people. Um, right that I think maybe believed in that stuff a little bit more. And I had friends that were in the ballpark and they said, you know, when things went, didn't go well in games three and four, like you could feel it. You could feel the, Oh no, here we go again. You could feel that vibe where, you know, I went to games in the NLDS and the NLCS at Wrigley and you didn't have that vibe. People were excited when the Cubs were down. It was like, Oh man, we're going to get to watch them come back. Like this is what they've done all season. And that's what we're going to watch them do. And I just think that, you know, I think the crowd does have an impact on that. I think that there's a vibe in the in the in the building. And I think that players feed off of that. Well, I think it's the way Wrigley's designed. It's so like if you've never been, guys, you need to make a trip to Chicago. If you're a baseball fan, you need to go to the holy worship place that is Wrigley. It is beautiful. <laughs> like I, I didn't get it until I got there. It's literally in the middle of like a neighborhood and you take like a train. Don't try to drive down there. That's ridiculous. No, no. no. Take the train. The train is safe. Like I was seeing yep. people like, oh, don't take the train. It's, it's unsafe. It's fine. It was fine. Um, granted, I was with three men when I went, Um, you know, because we go every year as a baseball pilgrimage for podcast movement. You know, my friends, Jonathan oaks and mark asquith and then we brought my co-host for my other show tim with us because you know he was around and i didn't want to leave him to his own devices you know he needs a babysitter and um so yeah i mean it's literally in the middle of like and we were smart after the game we didn't get into the long line to get into the train stadium we just went to a bar and we drank yeah yeah and the, that's what yeah when anybody that's gone to i would say even, even anybody like you saw Wrigleyville and Wrigley, I would say not at its best. You know, it's it's kind of like it's a construction zone right now. They're redoing basically, you know, they're redoing Wrigley, obviously, over a four or five year period. But Wrigleyville, like right now, whatever bar you went into is probably not there anymore because they've torn down a lot of stuff. They're renovating everything. The city is private. Uh, private investors are the Cubs are. It's just the whole thing is being renovated. But it is. You know, what I love is even in what looks like a bombed out zone right now around the ballpark, you walk in there and I mean, you just walk up and you see the colors, you know, you see the green on the wall and you see the green field and, and you see the scoreboard and it's just, it's such a beautiful ballpark. And I, I know that there are, you know, there's uh negative things about the ballpark. You know, there's obstructed views all over the place. I sat behind, I went to two NLCS games and I had obstructed views for both games. I couldn't see home plate. That is not, you know, fun, but Hey, you're in, you're in the ballpark and that's what matters. And, and I don't know, you lean one way or the other and you can see everything. Okay. But um, it it is, it is a a, a gorgeous ballpark. And I've been to a lot of ballparks um, 
And my views may be biased, but it's it's still my favorite. Well, it should be because, you know, it's yours. Um, right. And it is beautiful. And the people were super nice. And um, I did have the Chicago hot dog. I know you're vegetarian, so you don't eat them. But um, they, have I a, did... they have a sh- veggie Chicago dog. Oh, do they? That's cool. Yeah. yeah. The relish is really neon green. That was really yep. scary. I ate it because I'm like, you're there. You got it. And I did the peppers and I did the whole, like, it tastes like a salad on a hot dog. Um, it was pretty you good. You didn't put ketchup on it, did you? Of course not. Okay. All they right. would have looked at me weird. Right. I just you, had, I yeah, had the you were dude... in the. Yeah, if I, you were in the bleachers with ketchup on your hot dog, things would not have ended well. <laughs> no, we were actually right behind home plate. Like we had, we had really good oh. seats. We no, there was no cool. obstructive views. Yeah, Jonathan <laughs> has this way of like finding the most amazing seats. Like um, this year for podcast movement, I'm debating getting the guys since we're going to be out in California to fly into San Diego, get a Padres game, then drive up obviously because podcast movement's in Anaheim, see the Angels, right. and then I do want to go to Dodger Stadium just to say I went. Um, you know, now I'm a little afraid. Because if, if well, they got you riled up, I'm going, Jesus, because <laughs> you're getting the calmest, you're the calmest sports fan I know. Like, you're so oh, rational. Oh, I remained calm. Yeah. I remained calm. It was the people uh, that were, um, I guess, uh, taking issue with just the fact that I was wearing a Cubs shirt or hat. Well, were you uh, they wearing were the, the 2000, I saw an article um, that was written recently, <laughs> the 2003 that you bought in California. Um, that was t- it's, It reads, World Series 2003 Champions. And I'm like, how in the world did that get made? And then um, how did you find it? Well, I found it at a thrift shop. <laughs> 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 so I, uh, we were out there. My wife is from Southern California, so we were out visiting her family. And there's a thrift shop near there. I, I don't know. I'm I like to go to thrift shops. I like to just dig through stuff and see what I can find. And normally, you know, a, a blue shirt catches my eye because I think it might be a Cubs one, and my, you know, there's a lot of interesting Cubs shirts out there. And so, but being out there, I thought, oh, it's probably a Dodger shirt. You know, it's blue. And I pulled it off the rack and I looked at it and I was like, wait a minute, what? 2003 world champions and like i had the strongest death grip on that shirt because no one was going to take it from me and i think i paid like two bucks for it and um i've had it i've probably had it for like six years i have no idea what to do with it um it just sits here and now it's not as you know as much of a novelty as as it was maybe a month ago but um yeah, I don't know. It's and it's a it's a two XL shirt, so, so I can't, can't really wear it. Yeah, I can't wear it. Yeah, so I don't know. I thought about framing it. I thought about just you know maybe like putting it on eBay, and, you know, giving it up for charity or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of cool things. It's a cool like thing to have. I mean, you just never know what you're gonna find. But I always find like what what sports people collect are really interesting. Like I have a UVA corner in my um you know room and so I've got like Eli Harrell's autograph and I've got both Barber twins on a football and you know other various things. But I'm just like that's really interesting. Like I was like when I saw that I was like, whoa, we gotta talk about that because also too I'm just going that that could bring reverse voodoo if you bring that. Like people could like now I think they'd be okay, but if you wore it like regular time, I think they would have like looked at you like you were crazy. Right. Well, like I was really tempted to wear it to the NLCS just 